You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top. What up, what up, it's the Real Coach JB, man on the Slapdick Podcast, episode 52, coming to you, title of this episode is gonna be Raw and Uncut, cause of the two gentlemen that's joining me, um, but look, man, quote of the day, as we all need it in this country right now, probably, um, as fucked up as everything is, today is our opportunity to build the tomorrow we want. Obviously, that ain't my quote, but, you know, I take quotes and blend them and massage them and, and use them for what is relevant for today. And uh, I just think that uh, that quote is uh, relevant and, uh, and, it, and it really uh, hopefully hits some of you guys that are listening. Today is our opportunity to build the tomorrow we want and that's just going throughout the country the world whatever first we have kobe pass which was crazy still haven't got over that then a pandemic swallows kobe's passing up and then uh basically a black and blue issue swallow up a fucking virus that i haven't heard of in about two weeks so it's crazy times we living in um we got a lot of shit man you know we already know drew Brees did a fucked up bullshit deal he said uh, you know, people know the real about certain people. Real recognizes real, as I always say. Um, but then Trump comes out and says he shouldn't have changed his stance. Um, and then and then Breeze comes out and, 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 you know, Breeze has been coming out the last few days with these apologi- apologizing over and over and over. And, you know, I would have respected him more if he would have just said, you know what, I fucked up. It was insincere, um, insensitive. And uh, it's not about the flag and boom. But nah, he kept he's coming out with these long, drawn out ass public uh, publicist PR stunts that are released by just like all these other cats are going to do that. We're going to talk about today. And, uh, you know, obviously um, it's just crazy and it makes him look worse, in my opinion. But um, a couple shows back, about 10 shows back, I had a guy, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine named Teddy. Teddy Wilson, Arena League partner of mine that played uh, receiver, lives out in Boise from Louisiana, um, the boot. Um, he's going to join us today. It's big Teddy Wilson. And then uh, and a good friend of mine who also played and was a protector, and he owns a uh, security company now. I'm going to let you talk. He's going to talk about. Um, but uh, his name is Phil Blackman, played at University of Utah, and uh, he was on a team that beat Pete Carroll's uh, first USC team in a bowl game. And uh, he's got some things to talk about as well. And as we all know, the defensive coordinator at Utah, who makes eight hundred fifty grand a year, by the way, who I know, and I know a lot of those coaches, and I got a couple former players of mine that are on that staff, uh, dropped some shit. That, some shit came out yesterday about him. And a lot of truth is coming out this, this, this week. Uh, Iowa's strength coach just got exposed um, by some former black players. Uh, last night and this morning, and uh, and hey, man, I'm happy as hell. It's starting to come out and, and shit's starting to get exposed. But it's, it's sad that it's taking this fucking long for shit like this to be shown. So I'm gonna introduce my main man Teddy and Big Phil. Uh, they're on the show on the Slapdick Podcast Live. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? What's up, Jay? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing? What's going on, baby? Man, I'm chilling, brother. I'm chilling. I'm glad you guys joined me, man. Uh, Man, we just going to be, you know, I'm titling this show, man. I talked to Phil earlier, asked him to come on. 
And he was like, JB, I'm bringing it raw and uncut. I said, shit, there's no better uh, episode to be called. Uh, let's name it raw and uncut then. And so um, I've had an episode called Real Talk. And this one, I think we're we, uh, we going to be raw and uncut like we always are. And so uh, it's good to have you guys on, man. And um, Teddy, kind of drop what you do. And then I'll let Phil come in and kind of drop in what he does as far as a living and, and uh, what you guys are uh, currently doing and, and, and drop any social media tags or, or business uh, that you want to do. Um, just oh, so yeah. you know, just so you know, Teddy, I got millions listening to this shit. So if you want some fucking, okay. some, you want some shit, you do what I say to do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do what I do best, baby. I go, I talk to the people, man. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're scared to talk to the people, there ain't no sense being on here. But but uh, I own the pressure washer business here in Boise, Idaho, man. I've been here 22 years doing that. I'm not, not doing the pressure washer 22 years, but been in Boise 22 years. But, uh, and a lot of times, man, after we done playing, most of those guys like to train the kids, especially being in a city like Boise with football, it's kind of like, oh, you know, they yeah. think they know football, but they really, so I, I bring the real to them. You know, a lot of these people are blinded by their kids. It's just keeping it real. Oh, every kid is a D1 kid. Stop. Okay. And I tell them right to their face, the son is not a D1 kid. Okay. If he want to be a D2, D3, junior college, let's work him up and get him to be the best we can get him to be. But it's not a lot of D1 talent around here. I think the whole state yeah. had maybe five signed D1 scholarships. Yeah. The whole state. So you're saying, this, you're saying uh, the truth hurts. And the truth hurts. Yeah. You know, and they go to this, and they send their kids to this D1 program, uh, this training facility called D1. Oh, my son trained at D1. He going D1. Knock that bullshit off, okay? Yeah. And and I, I just try to bring the real. My training, I do. I I train beyond high school football. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, you know, you see my son run his route. We don't come off the line, man. Straight. I taught him how to run his how to run stem routes at a young age, and by the time he hits that junior senior year, it's gonna be a second nature to him. So that's what I got going on, man. I love working with the kids. Very passionate about it. And I'm gonna continue to be passionate about it. Good deal, good deal. That's Teddy. That's uh, Teddy. Uh, Big Phil, Big Phil Blackman. Uh, introduce yourself, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, just wanted to say thank you, man, uh, for allowing me to be on your platform. I went yeah. from sleeping on your floor to being on your podcast now. <laughs> All love, brother. All love. I've been uh, after my arena days. Uh, I decided to hang it up at an early age. I went straight into uh, uh, private security. Man, worked for the likes of uh, Exhibit, David Banner, DJ Quick, uh, the Dog Pound, Corrupt, and uh, Big Snoop Dogg. You know, he gave me my first opportunity to actually make some money in the private security game. Seventeen years in it, uh, started my company, uh, Big Protectors, about four years ago. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. No doubt, man. I've been following you, especially the last few years, man. I always, always gonna follow my folks, even though if it, if I go dormant for a while, I don't get to talk to folks. It's 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 uh, it never go. I never go unnoticing and unnoticing my guys, man. I appreciate what you do. I've been following you guys, and um, it's been good, man. It's been good to watch and um, seeing oh, yeah. seeing the success, man. That that you guys have going on. So it's it's good, man. Um, so what's man? What's what you guys' thoughts, man? I mean, I know we're in a situation, man. That's uh, that's crazy. Um, you know, I I saw Phil posted some shit on Facebook yesterday. That's why I was like, man, I gotta get Phil on, man. And um, you know, it was uh, it was a former player of his, uh, uh, I mean, teammate of of yours, right, Phil, at Utah. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he was a freshman when I was a senior when I was there. Yeah, now this cat makes eight fifty, and you know, you know Utah. We already know about Utah. I, I, shit, man, it, it was the craziest time of my life driving through Utah with my daughter, who's mixed, who's mixed uh, biracial, uh, as everybody knows. But I'm driving to Kansas from Cali. I'm going through Utah. I get pulled over, and uh, this motherfucker's looking at my baby crazy, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, they take me to the judge's house. At, uh, on a on a Sunday, I go to the judge's house. This motherfucker comes out from underneath some stairs in a robe, and I got to pay the fine right there, dog. I never seen no shit like it in my life. And I think they ended that now. This was 98, 99. I think they've ended that part, I hope. But you talking about some scary shit, especially if I wasn't in my skin tone. If I was in, if I was in your skin tone, shit. Right. I can't even imagine, right. dog. That's what I'm saying. That's right. why it's how fucked up it is. Yeah, yeah, right, right. it's an uh, unfortunate situation, man. I think, I, you know, I keep uh, uh, a contact with a lot of the players that I play with. We have this group. We talk pretty much every day. You know, we talk about everything. And the Morgan Scully situation, it hurt me to the core mm-hmm. because I couldn't understand how do you feel that free to speak like that and just speak freely like that. You speak it to another player or a recruit. You know what I'm saying? And it's not okay. It's not acceptable. You know what I'm saying? There's no way he should just be suspended. You got rid of uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick for kneeling. He hasn't had a job in four years. And then you're going to suspend this guy for using the N-word? Come on, bro. We got to do better. Man. It's time, man. Hey, it goes deeper than that, brother. And I'm not going to boast or talk about myself on my own show. But people that know, and, and you can easily Google it and, and and so forth, you know, I resigned and was forced to resign for certain things. And I say if I was the, if I was that cat, I would have, it would have been swept under the rug. And me and you and Teddy know what I mean. But when you grew up where I grew up and the environment and the folks I kick it with, my my car is a little uh, darker than, than his car. Uh yeah. Motherfuckers are quicker to fire me than they are him, brother, and that's that. That's how shit goes, man. It's it's crazy how people look at you and how you perceive. And I I'm fine with it because I I'll never regret or go back or or want it any other way. You know, I probably know two white people in my fucking entire life. I mean, I, I so it's different. It's different when you speak on it and people from that don't know you looking at you like ah oh, whatever. You know, it's just it just shows you like the Drew Brees situation. It shows you and it proves just because you can. Play with some brothers don't mean that you understand them. Uh, don't mean, um, shit, are you on there? Hold on one second. I think we lost my boy. Let me get my guys back on. Hello? Man, call Phil back. I don't know what happened. It dropped. Yeah. Oh, you there? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll edit it. Don't worry. Uh, so, so we, so my thing is just because you are in a locker room every day with some brothers don't mean that you understand what the, the fight, the struggle. That don't mean you, you, it doesn't give you any right. Like I grew up with cats. I, you all, we all know some white cats that try to drop the word. And I'm like, first of all, 
I, I had a couple, we were in a bowl game and, and we're, we're on Netflix being filmed, streamed by a hundred million people. And this motherfucker told one of my, play, called him an N word and a white dude. And so my kid comes and tells me and I go, what? And so the day before when we were doing like some pre bowl stuff, they, I, I heard it too. And so I'm like, hold up. This dude is at a division one school right now coaching. He was the head coach of the team. We were playing in a bowl game and at halftime, I go after his ass, right, of, of course, me being me. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I'm from Compton, grew up in it, got a black daughter, and I've never said the word. And I said, I know motherfuckers that act and want to be that, that ain't, that can't, you can't be it, ever. You ain't it. You just ain't, you ain't black, you don't, just, you can't say it. I don't give a fuck if you think you're cool and your homies, even though black homies allow it sometimes. It's like, you know, it's a, it's right. a cultural thing. Like, we got poly. I grew up with Polynesian just like you did, Phil. Polly say the word and nobody says nothing. And but I think they're more apt to there. I think it's been accepted that they can say the word. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's some touchy subjects, but I think they say the word and it's their culture, you know, and it's a different it's a difference. Um, you know, white folks enslave black folks like you don't get to say that word like it, it just don't it ain't it ain't no it ain't no fucking um there's just no room for it i don't think it's it's not there's no gray area motherfuckers keep saying that shit. There, it ain't a gray area it's yes or no and uh and it's unfortunate like you said because i got i got a former player who's a verbum day alum just like you are phil uh reggie dunn who's coaching at utah who played for me um what's up baby no doubt. What's up? And, and you know, I, it's crazy, man. It's a, it's a crazy time we're in, man. And it's just uh, people haven't checked nobody. Go ahead. You know what I Not to cut you off. It all starts from when you raised. It starts off how you was raised. No doubt. One thing I know about racism is it's nothing that's learned. It's taught. You know? No doubt. So we got to go back to grandparents, we mm-hmm. gotta go back to mom's dad for him to even feel free enough to even speak like that. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. And you know what I'm saying? And you're supposed to be a man of God also. So I don't understand how yeah. can you be a man of God and be racist at the same time. It doesn't go right. together. You know right. what I'm saying? Oxymoron right. to me. No doubt. It's yeah. a it's a contradiction, man. Let's like just like and not to cut Teddy off, but just like the D one coaches, man. I I did a podcast the other day and it's blowing up, man. There's been ten thousand views already. I, I started to, I was was I was just went off, man. I didn't even write nothing down. I called I, I started my shit up and I said, Man, I gotta get this off my chest. And the the truth of the matter is, it's been a week. It was seven days, and you ain't heard from Chip Kelly in, in, in LA, in a LA recruiting base. That's 90% black. You ain't heard from Chip Kelly, Clay Helton at USC. You, you hear a bullshit-ass, fake-ass PR statement from Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, and it's been a week, and that's the shit that you guys dropped. Like, And if it was me, and I said it on my podcast, if this was my team, if I'm the head coach of USC, number one, the day it happened, I'm out there with my kids in USC sweat gear. We're all in the same gear, and we're marching down Figueroa or Exposition, and we're down there, and and I do a video statement on the spot, and my kids know, number one, number one, first of all, Phil, and and Teddy, they're lucky I ain't coaching D1 because I'd have every motherfucking kid in America on my fucking team. Number one. Number two, I'd have every new kid coming to my team because D1 
these cats not only blew a recruiting pitch, which is sad and unfortunate to say that because I hate to sound like these cats had an opportunity. Let's just say they fake. We all know they faking it because like Phil just said, these motherfuckers grew up in rural West Virginia, rural ass Alabama, racist Jim Crow South states, right? And, and you can't expect these motherfuckers to understand the real black environment family. Go ahead. I disagree with you on that, B, because I grew up in the inner city of Watts. Mm-hmm. It never was installed to me to dislike an Asian person or my right. Mexican right. brothers. There was never no conversation uh, dislike Caucasian people. You know what I'm saying? We got to start right. making but where they grew up. but I'll cut you know, off on that Phil not to cut you off on that but I got it this is my disagreement to that it's never okay. been it's never been you it's always been us I hate to tag me and us as a white motherfucker right now because I'm white and I'm my skin is white but but like I said though it's never been y'all's issue you've never been the racist it's never I've never ran into a brother that has an issue with a white cat doing something or saying sure. something. It's always been the white cat that has the issue. So okay. so my okay. so my point is, like you said, Phil, the grandfathers, the grandmothers, all them motherfuckers in West Virginia, Alabama, they raised those kids who, obviously it's a learned trait, they raised them cats to be racist or whatever. Or even if they're not, let's just say they're not full. See, to me, racist... They try to define this word. I don't know if anyone's defined the word. I don't know if they understand. Racism is, you can't be 90% non-racist. <laughs> you racist. Right. So like these right. cats, I think for you not being able to come out with a statement and defending your black kids who are 90% of your roster and who 90% you recruit and, and, and you go into the home and you tell these single mothers who are black single mothers, you're gonna take care of their baby. You're gonna you're gonna massage them and turn them from a boy and turn them into a man. And you're gonna protect them at all costs and all these things. And then you can't even release a fucking statement because that's the just because these kids are pieces of meat in the meat market, and that's just what it is. Right. right. What I'm talking about, bro. That's what I'm upset about. We have black African American coaches, basketball and football, at the University of Utah, and you telling me y'all ain't. You know why though, Phil? Not you know why, and, and this is a great discussion, man. I, and and you guys chime in. I don't you cut me off anytime. You know that. But this is the thing. You know why though, dog? Because they've been fucked their whole life. Because they're in a scared state. They're in a state that if they fucking fart in the wind and we smell it, they get fired. So just like if you if you both get pulled over right now. You motherfuckers is on pins and needles, but if I get pulled over, even though, you know, I'm a, I'm a chameleon, I'm going to straighten out and I'm going to get, hey, officer, how you doing? I'm going to change up, right? They don't know the real me, right. but but I have a, I'm way more comfortable than you cats are. So that's, right. the, that's my point. Them cats at Utah that are coaching that are assistants, they're not going to say shit. Like, let me ask you this, Phil, like you just said, or Teddy, why ain't I seen no offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator, or position coaches who are more more African American position coaches than there are white coaches because they need them to recruit brothers, right? We all know that. Absolutely. Why ain't they coming out, dog? Like I ain't seen none of my partners. I called motherfuckers out. Why haven't the OC and DCs who make millions or or at least five hundred thousand at the Power Fives to a million, right? 
Why they ain't coming out? Why the position coaches ain't coming out? Because they scared of the head coach who's ninety percent white, or the AD. They're scared of them. Right. Well, they they scared JB, and they 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 probably they just got in that position where they can get there, hoping everything go right, get their feet wet, then then they can bounce on and go somewhere else. If they come out and speak on it now. Well, they go. They feel like I'm putting myself in a bad situation. It's like right. this guy here, or even if I've been here, they really don't want me here. So I got to walk on pins and needles. But I want to go back to what you guys were talking about earlier about the races. I grew up in Gina, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Five thousand people. Uh, back in two thousand six, uh, six or seven, maybe even eight, they had the deal called the Gina Six, where they were trying to get these six black kids mm-hmm. twenty five years in prison. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. With a white kid. Mm-hmm. Well, it was only one of them, and 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 the, the other the other kids were standing around, and they said it was six of them, and that sparked world news where they had thirty, forty thousand people marching that little town. Gina, Louisiana, is one of. I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, and uh, he coached at Bronx High School, and we were just talking, man, and we were talking about how Gina, Louisiana, is probably one of the most racist. State, I mean, our towns in the state, you know, and and I, without a doubt, man, I I tell people all the time, I got harassed every day. When I, after I bought my car, I had Cody put guns to my head, sitting on my back, and call you the N word. And boy, I, you know, one time they impounded my car from me because they wanted to go further to look into the car, and I had to walk ten miles, bro. To get to a payphone, with no cell phones back then in '92, you know, to to get to a payphone to call somebody to come pick me up, cause the cop took my car for what? He wanted he wanted to find drugs, and I told him every day, y'all can search me, stop me every day, you will not find no drugs on me, okay? So, people here in Idaho who I, I must admit, I want to record say is this is a great place to live, okay? You got you got probably 90% white, you know, and, and a lot of these people don't understand what goes on down south. They, 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 not that they're being stupid about it, but a lot of people really don't understand. So I, I've been approached by people who say, is it really like that down south? Hell yeah, it's like that. So the few people that do understand, they might say, hey, you know, maybe black people need to get over it. Hey, man, I tell them, be careful with that, okay? <laughs> because... People down there still deal with it on the day. So it's hard. No certain yeah. black people okay, let's come together. Then something like this happened what happened with George Floyd. And it just went overboard. And it, it's unstoppable right now. And it's, it's sad to say to see what's going on in our country, man. It really is. I just wanted to say thank you, David Banner, man. You uh, kind of changed my point of view on the South. He was the first person to actually take me to the South. I stayed with him a few months down in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't really get, you know, we've seen pictures and we've seen old videotapes, but actually going down and living with Banner for a few months down in Jackson, Mississippi, that's when I started to understand, damn, it's, you know, you know what I'm saying? And being for months and then going to Jackson, totally different atmosphere. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man, it's not. Right. I'm gonna tell you like this, Phil. So when I recruited, I knew the area because I was already doing it on a national level before I got the independence job, before Netflix, before all that. So anyway, 
long story short, I hired, I went out and did those. I started recruiting when I got the job by myself before I hired many coaches. So I was out in those places and I already had been there. So I already knew the game. Well, anyway, I walk in, obviously um, nobody's looking at me sideways, but I knew I was going to hire a staff that was predominantly black. So I send a coach out there a year, about a year later and I told him where he was going. I had a buddy of mine out there that was helping me with some recruits. He goes out there and meets him, meets the family, white family, white old lineman, and he recruits the kid, goes into the home, and the parents are cool with him. And they were a cool family, and they were on board. They were like, man, coach. So my, my coach calls me right after and was like, look, man, the dad just pulled me to the side and said, I can't stay here, but you got to get your ass across this county line by 8 o'clock. This motherfucker told my black coach that shit in 2019, dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, that just tells you people are, you know, ignorance is life-threatening, man, and people don't. They this shit has been avoided. I'm, I'm first of all, it's not a black and white thing right now. I don't believe. I think it's a black and blue thing. Right. I think it's a humanity right. thing. Right. Um, the unfortunate part about it is, is it's it's it, this is the most white power fist I've seen in a black power unification situation. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So this that's a good part. Absolutely. That's a good thing. I think hopefully, but I hope it's not yeah. just a. Because remember, we're in a social media era, and we're in a we're in a cell phone camera era. There's a lot of fake motherfuckers out there that just want to be some clout chasing cats that want to be on camera saying they could do some shit. I relate it to, and you guys are gonna laugh. I relate it to this. It's the white boy we all grew up with, and I say we because you know where I'm from. We, it's the white boy we grew up with who try is trying to go out with the sister to say it's a fad. It's the thing that because uh, real recognizes real. I've never been looked at sideways. With a sister, and you know, I grew up. I've only dated right. sisters my whole life, so my da- my da- my daughter's mixed. Obviously, my daughter's mixed, and I used to walk down the street in Compton, in Watt, wherever, and cats never said nothing. But I I know cats that'll be checked real fucking quick because they know because real recognize real, and I know white cats right, that right. tried the shit. Well, we're gonna. Oh man, I'm. I know they're trying it, which is a slap in our face, just like it is a slap in the ki- black kid's face right now by Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, who can't even write a real statement. And you're recruiting these black kids, and they ha- that's how I equate this. It's they're trying the shit. This ain't you don't know. You don't really know the situation. You trying the shit, and it's a it's a fucking shame. And the athletic directors and presidents that hire these recycled cats. Um, they have no int- best interest in these kids, man. It's a meat market. It's a piece. The kids are the pieces of meat in the market. And, uh, it's a fucking shame, man. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on like a Rappaport show later on today. We're going to talk about the same shit, but it's, uh, and he's been calling this out for, for years with the Trump administration, with all this other shit. And, uh, man, I just, it's, it's, it's that's how I equate it, but it's crazy. Let me tell you some crazy shit, JB. I think it's an American thing. I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist around the world, sure. but I say it's predominantly in America. I'm going to tell you why. I've been around the world, bro, working right. all the way from New Zealand to Papua New Guinea. Do you want to know the country that showed me the most respect around the world? Germany. Russia. Russia, yeah. <laughs> of all the places, I've been to Russia times. I was treated like royalty. Every time I go there, 
I'm treated like royalty. But if you think, you know what I'm saying, over here, they telling me this is my enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I go over there, I'm like, what? It's like coming to America, my nigga. Yeah. yeah. You tell me? Yeah. Bro, yeah. I'm like, I thought you guys hated me. Yeah. You know, that ain't the first time I heard that, though. I heard Germany's similar, though. I heard Germany's similar. Yeah. Well, that's crazy, Tim, because you remember, you remember the United States and Russia always had their problems because, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. right? And you remember when Nikolai Boat called all those guys, came out and he didn't get food, except the Russians, yep. all the shit like that, man. Iron Sheik. And, and over the years, yeah. Iron Sheik, yeah, you know, and you were thinking, boy, they really Russia and the United you know, we were kids at that time. Like, oh, yeah, they really hate each other. If they hate each other at that, how are they allowing them? to come over here and wrestle because we didn't understand the backdrop of it. But right. that's interesting that you say that, Phil. And, and Let me explain to you, Teddy. Let me explain to you. This is what I learned from traveling the world. Mm-hmm. A person, that, a country doesn't like you if you have an embassy there. Right. There's okay. a U.S. embassy there, bro. Every time you come by the airport, you drive by it. What okay. U.S. soldiers working at the embassy? So that lets you know the problem ain't that bad. Because when okay. somebody doesn't like somebody, why would you let them have some in your t- in your hood? No I, always, doubt. I always wonder that. I always wonder that, man. I really do. Like, if y'all fight that bad and you hate each other bad, that building shouldn't protect them from you going and blast their ass. I never understood that. I don't know the backstory <clears> of that. No, but, no. you know, I wanted to talk about uh, you guys were saying about the, you know, the young generation with the N-word and all that stuff, man. And I'm, I'm old school. I grew up old school Louisiana way. And and the worst thing that black some black guys hate when your white friends come to you and say, man, just let me say it one time. No, I'm going to tell you why. Two reasons why. I want to remain friends, okay? And <laughs> two, you know, that makes me think you think that when I want to bust your ass right here. You know what I mean? So I prefer that just leave it alone and move on, you know? And, and, I, and, and, and I educate these young black kids here because – they born and raised in Boise, Idaho. They don't understand, so their white friends are saying to them. And then they say, no, that's in front of an older guy like myself and saying, I'll be like, young man, what did you say? Oh, my, my buddy says, cool. Well, I'm not your buddy, okay? And it's not cool. And if he tell you it's cool, he's an idiot. And and, and I know everybody want to be cool and they think it's cool, but the young generation thinking it's okay for their white buddies to say it. I like to hit it in the bud right off the bat. We don't have no problem later on. But this is the thing, Teddy, this is the thing, uh, and I let Phil chime in. This is the thing. I've never in my life, and I'll go on a lie detector test, wanted to say the word. See what I'm saying? So there's a different, there's a, there's a thing. Like, who the fuck, what white kid goes up to a young black kid and says, let me say it? What kind of bullshit? Right. So, like, yeah. so what the fuck is really happening in your house? White kid. Right. So I'm just saying, you hearing your pop say it, your grandpa say it, your grandma say it, whatever, and you want to say it. Motherfucker, I don't care if you put an A on the end of it, just like Bernie Mac right, said. Exactly. It don't mean shit. <laughs> that it, that's not for us, yeah. homie. That ain't our get down. That, uh, that like, yeah. I don't know, man. That's just me. That's how I've, I was raised. I, and, I, and you know what? To be honest, and you two know, uh, you know me, and I got, I got a million partners that'll tell you this or tell me this. If it is anybody could say it, you you could JB, but nah, that ain't, but I that is never something I want to do. Or and they know that too. They're just saying if yeah. anyone can get away with that shit, but nah, but that just ain't that shit right there. Ain't uh to me, it just ain't something I've ever wanted to say. Or 
or or or or try to be a part of it. And it's like, nah, man. And that's so that's why I preach to my players. Don't say it. That's why I preach to my players. Don't call women women the bitch word. You know that you got a mama. Raise your hand. And all my players raised their hand. I said, number one is. I better not ever hear the word bitch come out your mouth then because you got a mama. Number two is if somebody right. called your mama a bitch, you'd be ready to fight, right? So, right, right. Number, and number three is 200 kids, I got two white kids, the fucking punter and the kicker, right? The motherfuckers, they, so you got a black female mother on top of it. That's the number three part. So now you calling your black female mom a bitch. Nah. Right. It ain't going to happen. So it's the same with the N-word, and that's why I preach that shit. And that's why if you see the difference between my show and the ones in Mississippi, you don't see my kids saying the N-word as much. You don't see the B-word. You don't see my kids, first of all, don't get arrested or leave when they leave me, and they all make it out and graduate. So that's just the difference. But, but you know, hate me now, love me later, like my book says, um, it's the truth. Like, the truth hurts, but these young black kids need discipline, and they don't even realize they want it, but they do. And it right. takes a special right. cat. It takes a guy, not to boast, but it takes someone like me who understands it to get through to them so that they end up. Because my job is to get you where you could not get yourself. That's the definition of a coach. And these other cats' jobs, in, their, in my opinion, because I know all these dudes because I've dealt with them for the last 20 years recruiting, their job, in their opinion, is to put rings on their fingers, trophies in their cases, and paychecks in their pocket they don't give a fuck about those kids after they get them signed to an LOI or a letter of intent on their campus. So you're absolutely. We're praying for you. I'm praying, JB, that you somebody gives you an opportunity so you can go get these inner city kids and give right. them an opportunity to showcase their talent. And because they don't understand, man, coming from the inner city, most of these guys, including myself don't have a father. My father passed in a car accident at an early age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The coach, nine times out of ten, your coach end up being that stand-in father. Yep. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. That, that gives you that lifelong, uh, lifetime direction. Because if it wasn't for Coach not, you know what I'm saying, no telling where the fuck I would have been. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Not okay. my life when I was in the eighth grade and saved me because I was in a gang environment. I don't know if I would have joined the gang. Right. But it was all the way around me. All my family members, my uncles, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for Coach Knox, and it's usually a coach or assistant coach that saved that kid's life. No man. doubt. Right, so right. understand why none of these coaches that are non-black or non-minority ain't standing up and speaking out. That's yeah. <laughs> It ain't the yeah. black coach. I posted a thing the other day, man. I posted a deal. I let Teddy chime in after this. I, I posted a deal like, I don't need to hear from no black coach. And no black coach should even feel obligated to come out and speak. They should be sitting here looking at the white cat, who's 90% majority of these Power 5 schools. Um, where are they at? Because you got these position coaches who are really getting the kids. Let's be honest. They're the ones going out there and getting the kids, right? And then, then and then, Phil, those are the same cats that the head coach is expecting and requiring you to manage so it never gets to my desk. So I don't ever have to deal with the bullshit. You're the one answering the call. So if I'm the head coach and, and Phil and Teddy, you're my assistants, and you get the 12 o'clock call of the dorm fight. You get the 1 o'clock in the morning a call for the DUI. And you get the call that you got she, he got his baby, uh, girl pregnant. So, but, the, but in my world, 
I'm the one taking those calls with my assistants because I if, if first of all if if you don't think that Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, fucking Joe Paterno, if you don't think he knew his coaches was raping little kids, you guys are fooling yourself. Because if you're because every head coach knows what the fuck's going on in his program, and if he tells you otherwise, he's a lying motherfucker. Just like Rick Pitino at Louisville, he knows what the fuck was happening. So. It's a slap in the face of cats saying, oh, I didn't know that shit. Motherfucker, you are accountable. Yeah. Like, Phil and sure. Teddy is responsible for their players if they were my assistants. I'm held accountable for the entire thing. Phil's held accountable for, for big protectors. He's accountable for something goes foul. His, his workers, his employees are held responsible to police each other. But Phil, at the end of the day, is going to have to deal with the lawsuit. He's going to have to deal with the... Any drama that cracks off because he's accountable. I don't understand it, dog. I don't get how Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Chip Kelly aren't being held accountable for coming off with these bullshit-ass statements that are clearly written by a PR uh, publicist. Um, I don't understand it because if I was a black mother right now, I'm going to do some real deal research by turning over some rocks and I'm going to figure out who the fuck is this really this coach taking my kid because right now they're just seen in the, the glamour and enamored by this stadium and this facility and these rings and they're not really saying because it's been out there lately and I know I've seen some of you guys post it but like if these cats start going HBCU watch out dog right, right. I hope you get an HBCU job man you know why I hope so, bro. If you don't get a Division One, I, I hope you get one and just turn that motherfucker out, bro. Right, right, I right. Top five star recruits, all that, bro. Because we'll get them. That's the thing about it. People don't realize. Like I tell people for years, I'm like, man, give me a fucking Idaho polo to wear. I'm gonna get a kid. I'm gonna steal somebody. Like that, that's the thing about it. I was trying to tell people, like, man, if you hire me, you don't understand the difference. What it does. You hire a cat like me. Alabama's not who they are. Clemson's not who they are. Only I say that for this reason, because they're not going to get every single five star. I'm going to get one or two. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they don't have right now. They're besides Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. Tell me what other power five coach is worth. First of all, I think they're all overpaid. Number one. Number two, though, which one is worth $9 million? Because they both make $9 million. Which, what other coach is worth that? Because Jimbo Fisher's making $9 million at Texas A&M, and he ain't done shit. My boy, my, and, and Jim, I, Harbaugh. I, Jim Harbaugh, he ain't done shit, $9 million. Um, You know, my boy Jane Franklin, good dude, good friend of mine, but I'm just saying, and to me, you have to win national titles, and you have to do it. Uh, at a more consistent basis than 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 these other dudes because now so you fire Willie Taggart at Florida State now let me, now I'm just gonna be honest he's a brother he gets fired and he gets another job I'm glad he got another job but the issue is they paid him 17 million dollars to leave they paid him 17 million dollars to leave it's a recyclable business man these cats keep getting jobs I don't care to me and you guys know me. Fools, idiots, and 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 fuck sticks come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. So it don't matter where we're from. It don't matter. It's a coaching business we're talking about right now. Even though we have a world business problem going on, but we we're talking coaching. These coaches get fired. They're the same coach ends up at this, another school, and they get another big ass paycheck. Absolutely. You know what else is crazy, man? I gotta speak up for this guy, Coach McBride. 
he coached me at the University of Utah. A lot of people don't know he was he was on those national championship teams at Coppin College. Yeah, I think it was fifty six. Yeah, he was with my he, he he actually played with my dad though at Compton. And he, and he went to Southgate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was more relatable with the player. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loved Coach Max still to this day, bro. Yep. Because he he knew about the inner city. He from the you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He might have been white. Yep. He went to school in Texas, so he knew a little bit. You yep. know what I'm saying? Well, he was a different coach. You know, he was a different coach back there. Yeah. But he, I, I, I know that McBride would just sit around and allow somebody on his staff to speak like that because he didn't play. Right. He didn't play about it. Right. Well, this is the thing, though, Phil, well, just to like give you uh, – hold up, my bad, uh, Teddy. But this – I'll tell you talk right now, Teddy. This is the thing. People don't realize McBride is the way he was, just like my dad was the way he was because mm-hmm. when I – so I still have the house I grew up in in Compton, Lutus Park, right? So when I grew up there, it was all black. My dad grew up there, it was all white. My dad graduated from Compton High School in 55. The first brother graduated from high school in the history of the school in 55. That dude ended up going and winning three Super Bowl championships. But anyway, he, my dad grew up when it started to get brothers into Compton. So when my dad's senior year, and it's in my book, they played Centennial, Compton Centennial, for the CIF championship in 55. Centennial had already turned black. Centennial, the west side of Compton, was already, had already turned black. This is, you're talking 11, this is 11 years before the Watts riots. So Centennial had turned black. Compton was still white, besides they had one brother. And it was a tie game, and and uh, they went in overtime back then. CIF rules was whoever had the most first downs won. And Centennial had like six first downs. Compton had five. And my dad to this day says that was the best thing that could have happened because a bunch of brothers beat a bunch of white boys for the first time, and that changed a lot of history in Compton. And what happened was brothers started moving in. And my dad was there for part of it. So in, so in when I grew up in Lewis Park, obviously Palmer and Bradfield, it was all black already. So my dad, McBride, you got to think about it. The NFL commissioner who made the NFL this who it, what it is today by the name of Pete Rosell grew up with my dad on, on Bradfield in Compton. And so did many, many other dudes. And uh, they saw the transformation. So that's what the difference is, Phil, in my opinion. They saw the transformation and they accepted it. They either accepted it or they moved the fuck out and you knew they, who, what side they was on. So that's kind of what I think happened with McBride, my pops. Um, and I think that trickles down and it, and it ends up being taught to your kids, which you're saying it's taught. And, uh, you know, I just think that's where it kind of goes. But. I'm going to give you some exclusive stuff after Teddy talks, though. I got some real exclusive that you don't know. I'm about to give you some. You heard it first. Cool. Okay. Well, 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 here's the deal, man. You know, I talk about black coaches all the time, man. And for the, the, the one that really is taking is uh, I'm hiring the best man that's qualified for the job. You know what I mean? And we hear that all the time. Now, that's a prime example that that Chester hired from the New York Giants. He's qualified to be a head coach, but he's never been a coordinator. Okay, and what is Ed Bieniemy? We talked about this the last time we were on the show. And what is Ed Bieniemy? He's an offensive coordinator. Okay, but they want to say he's not calling the plays. He's in the same position 
that the cat from Chicago Bears was in that got hired by Chicago. He's in the same position Doug Peterson was in when he got hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. But so why when it when so those two guys are white guys and the black guys do the same thing. And I hate when they say uh Patrick Mahomes is working out with Andy Reid, the offensive coordinator. He's not the offensive coordinator, okay? So if the man title for the offensive coordinator, give him that title as offensive coordinator instead of saying Andy Reid and then, you know, APN or whatever. So the problem is, man, I think the problem is this. Sometimes, and we all know this, they won't, they won't, you're right, JD, but what you said, they won't have that brother on the staff because I know some good friends of mine that coach at Boise State. They felt like they was on the staff because they can go in the hood in Compton, Watt, Inglewood, and get, get it all set up for the head coach to go in late. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's the reason, and, but, but they go keep them on the staff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a brother, a friend here. He's a D coordinator. I ain't throw his name out there. You probably know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the defensive coordinator left here, and he'd write down a hall, and then he'd get an interview for the defensive coordinating job. Mm-hmm. So right there, I told him, man, I got to do something different, you know. And I, I'm going to go back here real quick uh, for a second here. You know, I didn't grow up in a in Watts, Compton, like you guys did, where either it was black and white. Uh Every blue moon, we might get a couple of uh, Mexican guys come to town, but they just come to town to work. And we didn't understand that. We didn't know because you're black or you're white. For years, man, growing up in that town, blacks on this side of school getting recess and the whites on this side. Mm-hmm. And you hear, go back to your side. Well, we were so used to that, we didn't understand. During the football game, whites on this side, blacks on this side. Basketball game, same thing. Oh, get you, get back to your part of town. So when I so when I finally left Louisiana and I get in public and talk to a white girl, I'm looking over my shoulders and I'm talking loud. And she said, "Why are you talking loud?" I said, "Because I need these people to hear what I'm saying." And she said, "Why? Because where I'm from, this is unacceptable. A black dude talking to a white girl and nobody and we whispering. Oh no, that's that's unheard of. Right. So you know." I, I took a different background than a lot of people. You know, my mom passed away when I was five years old. Uh, you know, a year later, my dad died, man. And, you know, right there, most kids would go out on the deep ends and go do the wrong shit, okay? Fortunately enough, man, I had grandparents and, 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 and uh, raised me, man. My grandpa didn't play around. They had older cousins there to keep me in line, too. So my thing was, man, I, I try to stay on the straight and narrow, okay? And you hear a lot of people, you know, they always make excuses. Well, I lost my mom and my dad, so I went to drinking. I was five, six years old. No doubt. I'm almost 47 years old, and I still never took a drink, never tried a drug in my life. Try to do everything the right way. But some people can bring you down to do the wrong thing, you know. Like you were saying, J.D., yes, it's a black and blue problem. Yes, we see a lot of white people walking with us, and I hope it's a fear. I hope right. that things is about to change over because... Right. It, 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 I, me being in a dumbly white state, man, and I've been treated great by white people, man. I got a lot of good, close white friends, and I try to educate them on, on the stuff that's going on, man. I hope and pray that this continues to hand in the direction that we've been voting for years. You know what I'm saying? And so I hope this is not a, a publicity stunt or, or these different types of stunts, you know? So I, it, it's time, man. It's been time, and it's sad to 
see this man, and, and it took this long for this dude to get choked out pretty much on national TV right. for people to come together like this, man. And I'm glad to see it. I hate it took that. So you got a, a, a guy that's dead right now because the cop decided to take his life. That's yep. not your job, you know. One other thing I want to bring up, man, and I had to collect one a friend of mine yesterday, and it, it makes you think about people, bro. A buddy of mine is pissed off because he owned a bar downtown Boys. People are protesting. He's pissed off because he's not able to open his bar to make money because some freaking dude got killed. And I had to check him on that big time. And he had he had his quote, and he probably hears this, and I want him to hear, and I don't give a fuck who hears, okay? And come say something to me. He had thug life matter. I saw it. He had what? I, I'm not going to go. He had thug life matter uh-huh. on his Facebook. I'm not going to go back and forth on Facebook. I got your phone number. I'm going to call you and talk to you about it. And I talked to him about it. He said some stuff that really set me off. And I said, man, you know what? I'm very disappointed because I put people in Idaho on a different platform, a different pedestal than people everywhere because you guys don't see things like this. But right. when you make comments like that, it made me question you. And it set me off because he said, well, he had nine. I don't give a fuck. If he just beat the hell out of somebody two minutes before he died, nobody deserved to die like that. And it did not set well with me because I've been in that situation. That dude was calling for his mom. His mom did. Man. My mom did. So it all, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and if nobody deserves to die like that, and I want to say black, white, Chinese, Mexican, I don't give a shit. Nobody deserves to die like that but like that's i said that's thing, a it's man. always it's never you got it's always the white folks man that that has the issue so um mm-hmm. let me let me let me pay the bills real quick man uh before phil gives okay. us some breaking news and then uh i'm gonna chime in on teddy's deal um man this episode 52 brought to you by betonline.ag uh while you're waiting this out at home you can still have some fun betting with our online partner, betonline.ag. No NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, but don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. Um, for all you fucking down south white people, Madden and NBA 2K Simulations is back. UFC is back on starting tonight, Saturday, June 6th. Uh, online casino with poker and blackjack. And be sure to check out the final dance. With roundtable interviews from ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan documentary in full. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 and receive your welcome bonus um, on your first deposit. So again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. Uh, Bet online, your online wagering solution. NBA's back uh, end of July, so make sure you guys stay tuned, and we'll have a twenty-two basically team tournament, um, which should be interesting, um, and we'll see uh, how my Lakers pan out. But uh, back to Teddy and Phil, uh, back to the Slapdick Podcast, man. I, uh, I let t- Phil gonna come in and give us some news, but I was gonna say on Teddy's deal, you know, talking Teddy, about. Let me say this before you miss yeah, Teddy, let me say this before you go on, and then that way you can have it. So, I, you know, my I, my son, you guys don't have boys. You see what I'm saying? I have to sit down and talk to him constantly mm-hmm. about this. Son, this is what we do when we just stop. 
you know, we're sitting down, we're watching this stuff, and I want him to understand because he's biracial, okay? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I have people all the time ask me, why do y'all consider your sons, your kids, black when they biracial? Society's done it, okay? You think if that kid go rob that store, they're going to say that white kid or that Malala right. kid or that mixed kid rob that store? Fuck no. It was that black kid or that in kid. So yeah. I'm constantly teaching him. You know, he's going to be a you know nice football athlete. He's up and coming. And, 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 and I want him to remain that focused. Like I tell him all the time, you take care of the classroom and the field, and you let me take care of the rest to be successful. And I, and I have these talks with him all the time because I don't never want to get him caught up in a situation that he, you know, can't get himself out of. So I just wanted to say that, and that way you can hear nah, that. No, nah, no, nah, and I appreciate it. I mean, that's just how it is. Again, though, is a white parent doing that with a kid? See what I'm saying? That's the difference. It's always been that right. way. As, right. as long as I can remember, it's been that way. And uh, mm-hmm. because, again, like I'm going to chime in real quick on what you were talking about. To me, and this is okay. not this not opinion. This is fact. Blacks don't get a second chance. They get one and done. Right. I don't care if they're a black coach. Right. I don't care if they're a black human. I don't care if they're just a general populated human walking down the street. They're they're they got a preconceived notion. They're stereotyped, and they got no right. second shot. So my point is. Even though Drew Brees plays with brothers every day, that don't mean shit. He's from an affluent neighborhood in Austin, Texas, with a daddy who was a very successful lawyer and a mama who was a very successful lawyer. He didn't grow up in Jenna, Louisiana, Teddy, and have to understand how it was to walk from point A to point B, get looked at, play on the other side of the fence, do all that shit. And that goes for all the Drew Breeses in the world because there's a million of there's a millions of them that don't understand it, but yet still cry over spilt milk, still have no type of tough skin and all expect shit to be handed to them because they, uh, they feel cause they're enabled dog. They're they've, they've lived this life and brothers come up in a, in a, with a disadvantage from the gate, from the womb, from the womb and have to go through insurmountable fucking they have to pass over and cross over and jump over objects that are almost insurmountable. And then for this guy, the ones that make it women and men in this profession, I don't care if you're Stephen A. Smith on ESPN with a huge platform or you're, or if you're, or if you're Teddy Bridgewater, um, the ones that have made it have to walk on pins and needles and eggshells to keep it. And because they know how short lived their platform may can be and that's the unfortunate part because you got dudes like fucking ryan leaf dog who just got cracked again but 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 he's been cracked how many times and es he was working for espn again right right, so like hold on so you judging me off a netflix show and a motherfucker that coaches and teaches all black kids by the way and this motherfucker is out here doing this shit beating on women Doped up, doped up, calling cats the N-word. Like, what the fuck? And so, no, man, it's crazy, dog. And I just, I'm not going to keep going because I'll go, uh, you know, I'll end up going out and choking a motherfucker today at Lowe's. But I'm not going to do it. So, uh, and and, and talking about that shit, man, I'm at Lowe's the other day. And this motherfucker has an army hat on with a ponytail. White dude. And he's talking about the black worker don't have a mask on. And so he starts going into this rant. 
He's talking about Trump needs to bring in martial law. And I'm just, so I, you know, I stay away from it, dog. I'm like, I'm just listening to this motherfucker. I got a black lady in front of me and then a Mexican lady and a Mexican dude, two old gangsters. You could tell Cholo's behind me. And we're all kind of laughing, right? This motherfucker starts talking about you're committing the first, uh, the lady behind me didn't have a mask on. He's like, you're committing a first degree uh, murder. And so he takes his mm. mask, he takes his mask off, like out of his face and, and then coughs, dog. He coughs and is like, Come on. He's like, this is what it does. This is why you wear a mask. It stops this from me coughing. I said, let me tell you something, homie. You cough again, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. He hopped the, he hopped the, he hopped the, uh, the fucking, uh, the cables in the, in the return line and jumped out, got on his phone, got on his phone and was standing outside. I'm like, dog, you better call a bunch of motherfuckers. And, uh, that's just the crazy, that's the, that's the life we're living, man. These motherfuckers just, you don't never know where they are. They're everywhere. So, right. I don't know, but Phil, I need to know what's 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 exclusive, dog. So, so you know, I played at uh, Bourbon Day with Andre Miller, man, and I got a chance to uh, listen to uh, him on the Bourbon Day coaching show last week. They had last weekend on Zoom, and I'm proud of this brother. He's uh, getting into coaching, but what he decided to do is, so he was saying that he looked up HBCUs. Uh, he didn't want to go coach in the South, so he wanted to see if there was any on the West Coast. Guess where the only HBCU on the West Coast is located at? HBCU on the West Coast? On the West Coast? I'm in California. It's called Charles Drew University. So is it? the only HBCU. Yeah. So is it, is it, is it considered a university now? Is it for sure? Yes, yes, yes. There's always been a, a university. It's okay. HBCU too. Okay. So what he's going to do, instead of going to University of Utah and coaching over there and probably big programs or coaching in the NBA, he's about to start a program, a basketball program over there. Mm. They gave him the keys to whatever he has to get the paperwork probably in the next three to four years. So basketball Shit. team basketball and then I thought about you JB mm -hmm. if nothing doesn't matter maybe you two being natives of Compton yeah. you know what I'm saying should get together and maybe you should start your own pro football program over there Amen. you don't have to leave the city Hell yeah! If it's if it's if there's a will, there's a way, brother. If there's a way to do it, I'm in. I mean, it's gonna take some backing, of course, and some political figures, of course. I mean, you know, we got Coach Ward, Coach Knox, we got Maxine Waters, we got all these Freeway Rick. I could call. I mean, we got some folks that we can do some things, but it's just you know how it is. They're gonna do everything they can to keep that shit from from blowing up because, um, you know. But hopefully, yeah. It's a lot of but shit. He's like he's down for the cause. Hell yeah! He wants to coach. BCU so bad, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. That's the thing, you know. Man, that's he huge. Want to coach months, man. So nah, I know. You know, just the subject a little bit. I was like, man, yeah. sometimes you might have to think outside the box. No doubt. You know, right. no doubt. Right. Thinking outside the box. Just wanted to talk to y'all, Dre Miller from Compton. Hell yeah, man, my boy Dre, man. Because you know, uh, you know, you know, I'm family. You know, I worked for 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 uh, Doctor Mendoza Ilio, who was a uh, assistant i think for you when when lala was the head coach i think doc was assistant okay. with him um when yeah. you played you played with who alton and all them no no, no. i'm 
I'm a little bit out. I play without Tricky Brown. Oh, you play without Tricky. Tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're young. So my man, who was there? Alton was there. Then uh, my boy, who's my boy, man? My my, my light skin receiver, man, played with me at Compton. Um, he was legit. He was legit, man. He he was he was one of uh, Andre's receivers, oh, though. Jimmy Perry, not Jimmy Perry. Not Jimmy. I know JP though. Um, no, not JP. JP was the Q, right? Nah. Are you talking about Buddha? Who? Crosby? His last name Crosby? No, no. Um, damn. Light-skinned receiver, man. He was nice. Um, played a verb, though, with Alton and them. He's Alton and them's age. Um, yeah, Alton and them are a little bit older. I think, like, two or three. Uh, yeah. They, they 93, I think, graduates with me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. Yeah, man, it's good to speak. I spoke to Coach Knox's uh, team at Cathedral uh, a couple months ago. I went out there and spoke to his team. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm fond of Coach Knox, man. He's, he, he took me in. And when I coached, I was – yeah, I was his OC at Verb. You knew that, right? When I had Reggie Dunn, Akeem Ayers, I had all them dudes at Verb back in shit. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, one. I played with Steve Smith and Chad Johnson. Right. Monica, yep. For Coach Knox to be coaching Lil Chad. Right. I was like, damn. Yeah, no That's doubt. Rest in peace, Coach Taylor, yeah, man. On the, on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, HBCU course. You know, I went to Southern University, man, and and you know, going to HBCU, man, is a whole lot of fun. Okay, it, it's a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment, a lot of smart people. Uh, we we kind of get knocked down on the fact that. You know, back in the day when 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 blacks wasn't allowed to go to LSU, Alabama, right? You know, Ole Miss, you know, all these different schools. It's okay, man. You know, we'll go where I can play. You know, look at right. Jerry Rice, Walter Payton. You know, Michael Strahan, Elizabeth John Stewart. Let's go on and on and on. You know, so when and, and you know, I, I talk with you know a lot of my friends now today. I have to I have to I have to check people sometimes, even though they're my close friend. They think because I live in Boise, Idaho. And they see me go to the LSU game. They figure that I don't care about the HBCU. That's not true, they right. motherfuckers. Right. Okay? That's not the case. But, you know, at the end of the day, JB, and I think we touched on this the last time, a lot of times these kids, they go to school, they got two things on their mind, okay? Going to play ball at, at a college and then trying to get to the NFL, okay? Yes, the HBCU school has been knocked down because you got guys, you got kids now saying, damn, okay, if I can go play here for even two years or three years, I got a better chance going to the NFL and take care of my family. At the end of the day, that's what it's about, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, and I, 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 don't, I love going. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, cause I haven't been to a Southern game or, you know, HBCU game in a long time. But I, I I I love the atmosphere. I'm lying. I take that back. I, I went when Southern played TCU. Just so after, I mean LSU was playing uh, Miami. Uh, the next day, Southern TCU was playing uh, in Fort Worth. So I went to both games, and uh, and you know, and I get crucified. I like I said, I don't give a flying fuck of oh, well, just so you go to LSU game, and just so happy Southern was playing there. Regardless of how the motherfucker went down, I was there. Okay. But the main ones barking about me not going, where were them? <laughs> Fort Worth, right. and, 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 that, and, and that area's only six, seven hours, if that. Probably not even that long. So don't give me that bullshit, you know? It, it's a lot of entertainment, and it's funny seeing the TCU fans during halftime. They used to go into the concession stand 
during halftime. I told my son and another young man that was with us, I said, watch, watch they turn around when they hear those trumpets. Mm-hmm. And they put on that show, man, it's nothing like it, okay? Times has changed where guys, like I said, they want, you know, yeah, LSU wasn't going in the hood and getting kids. Mm-mm. And so the, the, the good kids was going to Southern, uh, you know, and then some of them, you know, uh, from Baton Rouge or whatever, part of the state, go to Grammy, Mississippi State, you know, I mean, uh, Mississippi Valley, you know, Jackson State. And so I hear people all the time say, well, and somebody said the other day, the best way to protest is take our kids from the white school and put them in HBCU. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I hear that, but how 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 you go form that? How you you tell the kid that's been at this school probably two years, probably on his way of getting drafted. You know what? This country is messed up. Hey, I want you to leave this school to come to this school. I, I mean, if, you know, say, I just, all we need is uh, one. All we need is one. One right. kid. You know, everything is all about. You know, what I'm saying it's a copycat thing. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. One kid that goes over there and ball out and maybe he's up for the Naismith or maybe he's up for the Heisman, you know right. There, There you go. Maybe right, it right. takes somebody the caliber of a Nick Saban or somebody with a high-profile coach to go to one. You know mm-hmm. Right. That's that's that's, that's the real. Just to be honest with you, and that's so someone that's in the business that talks to these dudes daily. The D one coaches and the players look at the HBCU head coaches and assistants as straight slap dicks. That's the fucking cold part about it. So you understand? They looked at like their Pop Warner coaches and the da 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 da. Right. And that's the image that is being portrayed and that's out there and that's now did it start from white folks did it start from brothers that are at the d1s hating on their own folks i don't know you know what i'm saying i don't know where it came from but it's been around for a long time and their perceptions out there that it's horrible coaching it's horrible talent and all that shit people forget to's from there fucking uh jerry rice uh, the the list go on and on as far as who played at these schools. Yeah, so it's happened before. It's just going to take the structure of it. And like you said, Teddy, you know, like Phil said, it takes one. You're saying, you know, you can't leave from school to school. This is the deal. There's kids playing at four high schools in four years right now. It's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. It, it, it's already out there. Like the high school kids are transferring every fucking five minutes because the coach yells at them. They're not seeing the playing time they want. And mm-hmm. it ain't a kid issue to me. It ain't a it ain't a black white issue. It's not a kid issue. It is a coach issue right. and a parent issue. The coaches and the parents have changed. The kids have not changed right. shit. We look at the kids as right. if they change because of how they act. And you see these disrespectful bastards in classrooms throwing shit at teachers and slapping teachers and all this crazy shit. And you're like, damn, this teacher makes forty grand, man. This motherfucker ain't worth that shit. So why the fuck is the kid continuing to do it? Because I'm just telling you, my kid threw something at a teacher or hit a teacher. I'm beating the fuck out of them, right? So mm-hmm. it ain't so 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 the coach and the parent is is allowing it. They're not coaching it, and they say if you don't coach it, you're allow it. So the shit has changed in the household and in the at the schools with these coaches. Man, we've become soft. We've enabled these kids. These kids now, they have an instant gratification outlook on life. They need it right now. They don't want to work for it. They need to see it on social media. They they want to, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm committing tomorrow. These are my five schools. Then the motherfucker writes another essay on social media why he decommitted. Well, first of all, 
Dude, what is the definition of commitment, motherfucker? Why don't you find that out? Don't commit if you're going to what's called decommit because there's no such thing as decommit. That's not even a word. So, I don't know, man. I look at both sides. You got to understand, coaches decommit the players all the time. Every day. We can't just look at one side. It comes from both sides. I didn't see yeah. when kids had a scholarship. And all of a sudden, another kid want to come there, and they pull the scholarship away. Hell yeah! Or he's already and all of a sudden, they change their mind. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. I like the freedom that the kid has. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know, coaching style is it's gonna have to be more of a hip hopish style coaching now. You got to learn the kid. You got to build relationships. You got to yeah. learn who they yeah. are. Then yeah. I, but that's the thing. That's what goes back to me talking about. And I see your point. Phil, this is the thing, though. The coach leaves for a better-paying job at a bigger school. He leaves He leaves every single kid he recruited, right? He leaves every single kid he recruited. This motherfucker, Manny Diaz, who's the head coach at Miami now, took the head job at Temple. He was there basically fucking for signing day. Signed a, signed a class, dog. Signed a recruiting class. And the next day, gets the head job in Miami. He was just a D.C. at Miami the year before. And every single kid is tied into that temple now. So, like, so I have no, I think the kids should be able to leave and, and, and go wherever he goes in that regard. If the coach can leave and get a better job, I think the kids should be able to leave. Now, my issue is, it's, it's, it goes back to the, my point. It's, all the, it's about the coaches and the parents being shitty, not the kid. Because the, parent, the coach that left Temple to go to Miami is shitty. That's a shitty deal to me. Like you just committed a shitty ass fucking act because motherfucker, I'll take the temple job and beat the fuck out of you with temple because that's me. And that's my belief because I'm going to go get dudes that don't belong at temple and go beat your ass with, with big time players. And I'm going to build this place up. Now, if my fucking dream school where I'm from UCLA or USC pops open and I want to live back home and that came open, I'm going to let you know on my press conference when I take the temple job that, man, listen, I'm not here to shop jobs and I don't care about this. I'm going to earn the money you pay me, number one, and I'm going to be loyal because I'm a loyal person. And I'm going to do that. But if something opens up in my where I'm from that does pay $5 million, I'm just letting you know I'm probably going to be entertained by it. You know what I'm saying? But these cats don't do that. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they're not true about it. And and the kids don't even know. Dog, Mel Tucker left Colorado where my buddies coach at. I was going to say that. They left Colorado. And I got one of my best friends in the world coaches there who's a Watts cat too, Darian Hagen, Phil, uh, Lock High. So you got a cat. They don't even, they didn't even know this motherfucker left. So wow. come on, dog. So you jump and take a $3 million cut, I mean, a pay raise to leave and don't even tell nobody. Come on, dog. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, I got to get up out of here, but I want to say something, and I might offend a lot of people. It's off the subject and everything. Still to this day, when you played for the Blitz, I used to ride on a plane and sit across from you, and I was like, damn, this motherfucker writing plays on napkins. I see this motherfucker writing plays. Still to this day, I still think you should have been a fucking quarterback. That's just my opinion. Preach on that's just my opinion, bro. I think you should have played. Nah, hey, you know how it goes, man. Hey, you know what it was? 
You know what it was? Nothing to take away from Chad and shit. No, nothing to talk. Nothing to take away. Chad was a talent. All right. And the thing is, Chad had, Chad had had a year. Chad had a year under his belt in the Arena League. You know me. I was coming straight from uh, college, and I had a cup of coffee with the Chiefs, and I was like, "Hold up, this is a whole nother ball game." It was more me getting adjusted to that fucking twenty-eight yard field and. The whole environment, it took me a year. And if I would have stuck it out, I think it would have been cool. I would have came back and been better than ever. But I never – it just was like I think I already had lost the love of football at that time. And I was like, man, my calling was to help kids. And I think, you know, to this day I've sent 225 Division One kids, a national record, 27 to the NFL, and and had eight win a Super Bowl. So I couldn't – you know, I don't regret anything, but I appreciate the sentiment, brother. You know how it is. You know, we – those are, hey, those flights were fun as hell, man. Card flights, Hawaii, and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Teddy scary. Teddy ass talking shit um, when we had them crazy-ass flights to St. Louis and the damn power went out in the flight. We fucking damn near dropped. Teddy's back in there laughing and shit. Um, that shit crazy. I'm just Glad we got on a Green Bay safely. Oh, absolutely, man! But I know what Phil. I know what Phil talked about as far as like JB, and and I'm and I'm uncertain real. I I tell it like it is. I'm gonna speak on it. I get what you said. Sometimes uh, talent outweighs uh, work ethic. Giving the fuck, and 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 I, and I go out on the record. I'm sure Chad might hear this, but Chad didn't care because he had the talent, okay? But he didn't have the leadership skills. But he didn't have the leadership skill, okay? And hey, it's no secret. 25, 26, 30 people in that locker room knew that. And 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 I can I I I, I had some of my high school teammates call me the other day. Okay? Say they would still run through a wall for me because I led them. I was a leader. They they appreciate me on and off the field, okay? When you hit that ground. Your guys are getting you up, okay? Our boy York D, I told him probably every other day, and he, he just reminded me of how much people respected me in that locker room because we had fun. I was a clown, me and JB sitting by each other. I'm tell I tell you like it is, uh, but 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 this day we had fun and people respect. I remember every day Phil used to tell me because we he, we lived together, man. Why are you not playing more than you should be playing? I fuck. I don't know. Let's talk to James Full about that. <laughs> well, first yeah, of all, because because at that time in two thousand, you was fucking forty five years old already. That's number one. Number two. Okay. Number two is. Yo, nah. In all reality, though, man, you know, and I ended up like this, and we'll get together and do another one, man. But like, you, like you guys are saying, Teddy. It wasn't about – it's about being a good human, man, and treating people the right way. And I don't give a fuck what color Absolutely. you are, black, purple, yellow, or, per, or yeah. green. Um, you know, we treated folks the right way regardless, man. And like I said, that's kind of the point of this show and the point of what fucking America's going through right now. Um, I know everybody got to be better, man. And and, uh, and it's just taking – you know, why does it take this to ha for Roger Goodell to come out and talk about fucking Kaepernick now that they were wrong. NFL was wrong. Motherfucker, right. we, you, right. everybody knew you were wrong. Like, it ain't a fucking flag issue. It's a goddamn human issue. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it's been crazy, but man, I, I, I like to say this, JB. Yeah. I like to say this before we close it out, man. I would like for everybody that's listening to this, man, white, black, whoever, whatever, Man, just, just look at somebody and tell them, hey, I love you. <laughs> I got your back to whatever, man. 
It's 2020, man. No it's doubt. Been a fucked up starting out year, man. Let's let's build off of this, man. Let's 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 build off of this, man, because I love everybody the same, bro. Now you talk me wrong, I don't give a goddamn what color you are. No <laughs> doubt. Dealt with, but no doubt. Let's deal with, man. Let's build off this, man, and just let's just continue to be good people, man. At the end of the day, we all bleed red. If you start bleeding, bleeding blue, then we got another problem, man. And we're human. And, and, and well, I wake up every morning thanking God for another day. And I want everybody else to continue to live a positive life, man. And I just, I, it's just like you said, shame that came to this, man. But I hope and pray that we can build this, build off this as a country, even off as a world, to turn this thing around, man, and just be one, man. Just get all on the same page. I just want to say that, man. Hey, boy, I hope everybody listening takes heed, man. And like I said, man, shout out to Big Phil, uh, Phil Blackman, man, big protectors, big protector security. You guys need security. Um, we always need security. If you follow uh, Phil on Instagram or on uh, on Facebook, Phil, what's your Instagram? Shout it out to the folks. It's uh, Big Protector seventy seven, man. You know, I got the company name and my my college number. You know, there you go. Okay. Phil Big. Blackman on Facebook. Phil man, Blackman. Thank you for allowing me to your uh, platform, man. I really appreciate it, man. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Keep doing what you're doing. I'm a pray for you that you get uh, the best coaching job out there, and I think I think you deserve it. And I think uh, I think a lot of kids will benefit with somebody that's from the inner city that's yeah. not the same color as them. That understands the struggle and that can relate Absolutely. to it. No doubt. You know? Hey, I appreciate it, man. And like I said, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on, man. Like I said, we'll have to do this shit again uh, at a later date, man. And we'll, I'm sure we'll, there's plenty to talk about in this fucked up year we're having. So um, we'll get together again and hopefully talk about some better news. But uh, as always, man, I'm always going to clown Teddy. Teddy always going to clown me. And uh, and now I know after this show, Phil, I do realize why Teddy's feet is so fucked up because he used to walk from Jenna, Louisiana, to goddamn Shreveport and uh, barefooted. So that's what the problem is. So I'm going to let York D know why your feet was fucked up. And now we all know and America knows why your feet were so fucked up when we played Arena League together. So on that note... uh, I tell him how you kill a groundhog and shit um, during the game. But we'll talk about that another time. I love you guys, man. We're going to always keep it uncut. You my, hey, my best team ever was the Bakersfield team. We, we've been chopping up for the last 16, 17 years with each other. And we're going to always keep it 100. Hell yeah. And Teddy and and me and Phil appreciate you hooking us up with the lawyer, too, to get some cheese. So, on that note, I appreciate you guys listening to this. uh, You guys can stay on while while I exit with this song. But uh, for all you slapdicks out there, stay tight. Shout out to Phil and Teddy. Much love. The Real Coach JB. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. All right, fellas. Much love. Oh.